0: All right, thank you very much for joining us today on this uh, great show. Tonight, I have a guest, a very special guest, uh, Dr. John Stewart, um, to speak to us this evening. Hello, John, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me to participate. Yes, yes, it's, it's a great honor to have you. Uh, before we go on, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are?
1: Okay, I live in uh, Fredericton, uh, New Brunswick, uh, yeah. Canada. Uh, I am retired, uh, but still seemingly doing lots of things, uh, which is good. I tend to be very active and like to be involved. Okay. Uh, I live with my wife, uh, I have two married daughters, and together we have six grandchildren, which tend to take up a lot of our time. Yeah, wow. so, <laughs> yeah. We're very proud. Uh, involved in Brunswick Street, uh, a Baptist church in Frederick Okay. Springs. And uh, I serve on the board at Crandall University, which is an independent uh, Baptist uh, university, but it's a full uh, arts and science uh, university, undergraduate mostly, but some graduate programs. And uh, I came by pastoral care. My my professional background was in professional psychology. I have a doctoral degree from the University of Toronto. And uh, after I retired from teaching at the University of New Brunswick, a friend of mine at Canadian Divinity College asked me if I would come and teach pastoral care and counseling. And uh, after much prayer and his coaxing, uh, I felt the Spirit saying yes. So I taught pastoral care and counseling there for three years. on a I, I would visit the campus and became involved in doing some counseling with students and so forth. Wow! So that's how I got into pastoral care, and okay. it's a good, it's a good one for me because there's lots mm-hmm. of it would involve uh, some uh, principles of psychology. So you'll see okay. in, this, in my presentation tonight. Doing exactly that. Oh,
0: that's great! Wow, that's quite a rich background there. We are. We are. I'm truly honored to have you on on this show. Um, to speak to my listeners all over the world. Um you are in Fredericton, and you said yes. Okay, what how is the um vaccine going? How is it going? Um,
1: uh well it's going quite well actually I think almost half of the province has received the citizens, the adults anyway have received one vaccine. Uh okay. a number of us including myself and my wife have a second uh, one to receive. I think okay. most people in this province have will have to receive a second but uh, wow. They're currently doing people who are 30 and over. Okay. Um, so they're well along. Uh, I anticipate that I'll get my second vaccine in June, uh, uh, maybe toward the end of June, but I don't know at this point, but I think there will be, there seems to be a lot more vaccines coming from, from what I remember before. So. Okay. So uh, wow. We don't have very many cases though, relatively speaking. Okay. at the Atlantic level and I, I don't listen so closely because they don't often single out little to Brunswick but anyway okay. we're very fortunate there's not a widespread yeah. and they do a great job of community tracking which is great mm. so yeah. uh, um. we've been we have not been taking too many liberties but we've been out for grocery shopping and
0: thank god i'm really glad about the <clears throat> progress we've made so far because we spoke sometime last year remember yeah. uh, we we didn't even know what this is uh, this was about you know wow. it was all new and but we've made so much uh, progress which is good <laughs> and hopefully we we'll get out of this soon
1: And hopefully the best will be from total immunity that yeah. will last a long time. Anyway, but we don't uh, know. I don't know.
0: Fingers crossed, I guess. Well, I think
1: uh, it does for me as a, as a, as a Christian. I uh, I really do give uh, uh, take great comfort in knowing that God has adopted me into His family mm-hmm. and His provisions of care are there. Uh, now that doesn't mean. On the other hand, I do feel a measure of protection. Wow. So uh, I think we're fortunate as Christians to have that sense of support theologically. We are. We
0: are. Wow. bless God. All right, John, uh, you have a message for us today. I do. Please take over and then uh, we are listening. We are ready. Thanks.
1: Good evening. For all of those of you who are joining this this podcast, uh, my name is John Stewart, and uh, I'm pleased to be here with you. Uh, I want to start. The topic is pastoral care, and I want to uh, indicate that it's pastoral care that takes place in a church setting. Um, sometimes there are pastoral care programs uh, in communities in Europe, for example, which are not necessarily connected to the church. But in this case, I one that would be. And in my presentation today, tonight, I want to uh, explain and illustrate what the ministry of pastoral care is all about, what does it look like in the context of the church. And I want to integrate uh, a few key psychological concepts into this ministry, which will help people to give an understanding of others at a deeper level, and maybe themselves too. And the last thing is to contextualize pastoral care within spiritual formation spiritual formation, as how individuals see themselves as being in Christ, uh, from the Colossians verse. So let's start. Uh, I'm going to start with what is pastoral care. Pastoral care is a church-based program that focuses inward to the congregation and outward to the community. Inward to grow the community, the church community, and to enact the the second great commandment, to love your neighbor. Yourself. And outwardly, to demonstrate the love of God by helping others, sometimes our behaviors speak just as loud as their word. In the fact, St. Francis of Assisi said to his, his followers, go and preach the gospel and use words if you must. Behaviors can illustrate the gospel, so we, we, can, we can demonstrate our, <coughs> our faith uh, by helping others outside the church. Secondly, there are some benefits uh, for the church. When people use their gifts to transform uh, their, excuse me, let me start again. When people use their gifts, uh, it tends to transform the church in its relational aspects of the church uh, by expressing care for one another. Philippians two verses three and four indicate that we're to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility regard others as better than ourselves. Let us, let each of us look not to our own under interest, but to the interest of others. And in that way, we we enact the humility of Christ. Jesus emptied himself for our sake. We need to do the same for others in his name. So that's one thing. It just improves the relational aspects of the church. Secondly, um, the one benefit, second benefit, is that it translates the gospel into daily activities that demonstrates God's love for his people. Uh, You remember the narrative, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Uh, This is a story of a man who is robbed and beaten and left half dead by the robbers. Three people come by. The first two, a priest and the Levite, passed by the robbed man and uh, didn't have anything to do with him. The third person who came was a Samaritan. Now the significant part of this, in Jesus' day, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews at all times. And Jesus is telling this story uh, to a Jewish population in response to the question, who is my neighbor, which was asked by a lawyer. Now this Samaritan who helped this injured man, uh, not only did he help him there, he took him to an inn and asked the innkeeper to look after him and to care for and to take note of all the services and he left him some money to cover those costs and, and said that he would be back and check the game. The great message here is that our neighbor is uh, not just the person next door but the person uh, see as, uh, as an enemy. Uh, so uh, that's everybody, that's about everybody that we can imagine to in the world. Hebrews 13, uh, chapter 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So we ought to always help love our neighbor as ourselves. The last benefit, as a caring ministry, it meets the needs of the local church. We live in a broken world. People experience lots of suffering and pain daily. Catastrophes happen. Families break up. There's grief, sickness, ministry that could—sorry, uh, uh, sickness—and <clears throat> other kinds of difficulties. So when we begin to meet the needs of people, with that, those minute, the, that meeting the needs could be providing food for for people providing transportation, being with those who are sick, praying for one another, checking in regularly on elderly. It can be a wide variety of ways to help. (laughs) So there are three benefits, and the local church will grow as a result of this uh, in terms of strengthening one another. Now, the third thing I want to say about pastoral care is that it's an all-inclusive ministry, meaning that it deals with the whole person, not just the focus on a problem that they may have. When you view people as created in the image of God, that helps us to see evidence of God's grace and justice in action and love in action. This focus helps with spiritual formation, that of how people relate and see themselves related to God. Uh, secondly, Christians who live with this view focus on loving God, the two great commandments, and loving their neighbors themselves. They also resist evil and embrace doing good. And the other thing I would say about this ministry is that it involves clergy and lay people who have gifts to use in ministry. So it's not meant only for the pastor, but uh, anybody who has some gifts in this area. So I just want to briefly summarize what I've said about Pastor Care. It's a church-based program. It's based on using gifts to demonstrate God's love in providing for the needs of people in the church inside the church in the community. And some of those needs can range from searching for meaning in life, a desire for relationships with people, those suffering from injustice, those who lack work, those who experience the loss of a loved one, dealing with disease like cancer or COVID as we're dealing with now, dealing with separation and loss such as family breakups or divisions in churches and communities. Those are all the ways and more that you can, be a help to other people. Now the difficulty is that in churches, uh, if people's needs are not met, they often, they can become a crisis in a person's life. And often uh, people, may leave the church if they're not, uh, if somebody is not reaching out to help. Uh, And um, in this way, we we help to, to, when you, People in the church do reach out they, and, and we, we look to uh, helping them develop a closer relationship with God, then uh, we are meeting uh, people's needs. So, what I'm going to do now is talk a little bit about the concept of needs from a psychological perspective and illustrate how this can be helpful uh, in developing a pastoral care program and using them. When we think about uh, human functioning, Uh, can can be considered under three headings. The physical, the body, the tangible part, which concerns how our bodies function, healthy living, uh, able to meet the demands of normal living, uh, uh, and self-sufficiency. All of those things we start with the body, and if the body is healthy, we can do those things. The second area is psychological, and this deals with the mind, uh, such as cognitive issues like being aware, understanding and learning and memory, short-term and long-term memory, problem-solving, expressing emotions, and so forth. And the third level is that of the spiritual, the awareness of God or otherness or whatever you consider deity to be, and a new ability to sense his presence in the Christian sense and to connect both with listening to him and being able to approach him through prayer. We talk about uh, having uh, been reconciled to God through the blood of Christ. So this, this this is the awareness of that reconciliation that we're talking about. So we can look at humans from a physical, a psychological, and a spiritual perspective. Now I want to turn a little bit to human motivation. Human motivation is based on people seeking fulfillment and dealing with changes to the life cycle, particularly in these three areas, physical, psychological, and spiritual. Psychologists use this term Self-actualized people, to refer to those who have a personal sense of fulfillment and are using their skills in their productive ways. For example, I was a teacher all of my life, and I find teaching to be personally satisfying. And particularly as I use these skills um, to further the God's kingdom, as I was when I was teaching at the seminary, um, left a, a great sense of fulfillment in my life. I don't protest to be the best teacher, but I feel that I do uh, use the skills that God has given me to the best of my abilities. One of the difficulties, though, is that unmet needs slow down or prevent a person from reaching their fullness. Pastoral care can help to meet in those needs. Now, what are the biological the needs that we're talking about here? Lots of psychologists have written about that, but there are basically considered to be eight of these needs now. And I've divided them into th- the three headings of physical and psychological and spiritual. So the first two are biological and physical needs, such as the need for air, food, drink, shelter, warmth, sleep. Uh, we, we need those to, to survive. And safety needs, protection from the elements, uh, such as clothing and housing. Some sense of security from, with law and order and some stability, and particularly free, freedom from fear. Basically, without these two needs met at an early age, people usually die. If you don't have enough food or you're, you're, you don't have enough protection, uh, uh, they don't always die, but they can die easily, and uh, they're basic. They're basic to human survival. The second four are called uh, psychological needs. Love and belonging, this is the friendship, the sense of intimacy with others, trust, accepting, receiving and giving affection and love. Uh, Belonging to a group, churches are great sources of meeting this in people's needs. Esteem needs, how you feel about yourself. Esteem, positive feelings, we all need to have some senses of a positive feeling about ourselves. That gives us a sense of dignity and achievement, And we desire uh, a reputation a respect from others, such as some sense of status, and that we're valued, that we are important, and that needs to come from others. So both of those things give us this positive self-esteem. Pastoral care programs in churches can promote a caring attitude with the congregation. And when people feel that they're cared for, not only are the love and belonging needs met, but also their self-esteem. The fifth one is cognitive needs. Now this deals with knowledge and understanding, curiosity, exploration, the need for meaning and and predictability. Uh, Proper schooling are the types, uh, the main uh, function in our societies these days that that help to meet those cognitive needs. But we know that when people drop out of school, they often fail to develop their potential abilities uh, that they were born with and often have to go for uh, to do that, to support themselves with work that is, uh, does not require it, is much skill number six is ascetic needs this is an appreciation and search for truth beauty, balance, form looking at a sunset and appreciating all of what is there in terms of how God has structured our universe and so forth um, that gives us a sense of uh, listening to, to some great music uh, hymns, maybe, just the way the words are so expressive and so forth, gives us a, an affirmation um, that um, this is a wonderful thing. And some of the the uh, hymns uh, are also give great glory and, and honor to God. The seventh of the psychological needs are, are self-actualization needs. This is realizing your personal. Becoming all that you're capable of becoming using your abilities to the best of their advantage. For you. Uh, helping people get a job to become self-sufficient is a way to meet this particular need of self-actualization. And the last one under the spiritual heading is called transcendent needs or spiritual needs. People are motivated by the value which uh, the transcendent beyond the personal such as religious experiences with, with uh, God. And uh, we would say having met the person, Jesus Christ. Uh, an appreciation of service to others. Some people pursue knowledge to help uh, humankind, like medicine uh, uh, or science generally, pharmacology, all of those are also can be transcendent needs for people. Mostly it's, re- it's developed by religious faith. So there are eight of these needs and I grouped them together under three headings. And just to review those, the first two are biological and they were biological and physical needs and safety needs. And then the next are are psychological needs and uh, love and belonging and esteem needs, cognitive needs, uh, aesthetic needs and self-actualization needs. And then the last one is spiritual is transcendent needs. So those are, people are motivated at various stages of their lives for those. And they normally start uh, and they follow develop, develop human growth and development with the biological safety needs, very important in a younger age. Uh, as people become older, teenage years, uh, esteem needs and love and belonging become more important, and cognitive needs are important. And later on, the aesthetic needs and the self-actualization. Now all the time, uh, spiritual needs can also be in that too particularly as children uh, get to to, uh, adolescence, where they're able to think more clearly uh, and understand some of the gospel, uh, uh, the theology behind the the gospel of Jesus. Just a comment about these needs, though. Um, Psychologists divide them into four, two categories, the first four, that of biological and Physical, physiological needs, safety needs, love and belonging, and esteem are known as deficiency needs. Now what is meant by deficiency need are needs that arrive when an individual has been deprived of that need. Um, when deprived, the individual is motivated to try and meet this need as best as he or she can. And the motivation to fulfill the need will become stronger the longer the need is unmet. For example, people may resort to stealing food if they have experienced hunger and have no way to satisfy that need. Now, and additionally, lack of food results in poor biological growth and disease, and if biological needs are not met, physical growth of the body will be stunted. Uh, Likewise, self-esteem needs, if they're not met, individuals will have a low opinion of themselves. Uh, And people with a low opinion of themselves or low low self-esteem, often do poorly in school because they don't feel good about their skills and don't know how to use them well. And they often don't have many friendships which can influence their need for love and belonging. Often what happens is that if you are strong in an individual, they will take up with any group in a school because they desire this peer relationship. Sometimes that's good, sometimes it's not so good. Now, pastoral pay- care programs in churches can help people meet these needs in the midst of recovery uh, Developing relationships with others often helps to develop, meet the love and belonging and esteem needs. Uh, meeting these needs require time, not necessarily money. Often though, meeting the physical and safety needs requires money to meet, um, because they involve provision of food and housing and clothing. This can be a challenge for churches, and it's not meant that they should take this over necessarily, but they should look for ways to help as best they can, uh, because that in itself will, will enable the individual to know that, um, that other people care for them, and that, that meets their love and belonging needs as well. So, and when uh, God's grace uh, uh, blesses this, that also enhances it, the benefit as too. The last four are called growth needs. That's cognitive, esthetic self-actualization, and transcendent. Growth needs do not stem from a lack of something, but rather from a desire within to grow and mature. Uh, when teenagers express a job choice, they're expressing a growth need. When children show a desire to read, they're expressing a growth need. Both these things are Lead to other aspects uh, higher up on the on the hierarchy of needs, and uh, and are are beneficial. Every person is capable and has the desire to meet these upper level needs, and in doing so, use their abilities to their fullest potential. Now, not everybody needs to become well or well educated to be a doctor, for example, or a lawyer, or whatever. Pastors to meet their fullest needs. Uh, depending on ability and resources, people can fulfill their needs as nurses, as, as teachers, as store clerks, secretaries, and so forth, doing lay ministry in the congregation. Um, so it's. Uh, It's not meant that everybody would be university graduates to meet meet their their self-actualization needs. Now, unfortunately, individuals progress, uh, uh, progress is often disrupted by a failure to meet some of the lower needs. Life experiences such as divorce or loss of a job or living in poverty can cause an individual to move between needs. Um, If this hasn't happened, if this happens uh, as uh, one is starting out in life, And you lose uh, lose a job and have to uh, live uh, in a a situation that does not give you many resources. Uh, You may be focused on only on how to provide for your family and so forth. So not everybody moves through through these levels as they develop from uh, uh, from birth right through to adulthood. But as circumstances change, deficiency needs can be met, which allows the person to attend to these growth needs, these last four. The growth needs that were not met during the teenage years when they normally are, uh, can be met as adults. And when pastoral care programs identify and meet these deficiency needs, because they're very important in terms of the growth of the individual, uh, individuals are able to manage their own growth needs as they become more sufficient later in life. So that's one way in which we we provide for the needs of people uh, and, and help us to understand why those first four needs of, of physical and and and, and uh, safety and love and belonging and esteem are very important in the in the in the growing individual. And I think that bears out in all cultures. It, it, they have maybe have different expression, but it's not uh, it's not always the same. <laughs> Sorry about that phone call. That's okay. Okay, now I want to move on then to spiritual formation because um, these transcendent needs or spiritual needs. um, The end goal of all pastoral care programs is to help people draw close in their relationship to God. And when pastoral care programs are are concerned with, with spiritual formation, it always connects these lower, meeting these lower needs with their spiritual need of how God helps to meet those needs. Uh, if individuals are struggling with low self-esteem uh, and they don't love themselves, um, how could they focus on loving God? So it it, it means what I'm saying there is that it's important that if the church can help people with low with self meet the self-esteem needs, it means that they are then able to see God also as, as a loving uh, heavenly Father, which He is. Some background to spiritual formation, Uh, Christians believe that all humans are created in the image of God, and this belief, uh, from this belief, uh, grows the idea that everybody is endowed with dignity and worth because they're created in God's image, and pastor programs view all people as created in the image of God, no distinctions, we're all the same at one level. The problem is that sin. This image was marred by our first parents, and that that uh, problem then passed to the whole human race. Um, one thing I would say in the scriptures, when they use the word heart, sometimes they do mean the physical heart, but sometimes they also mean the part of the psyche that was that's referred to, the part that was marred or disfigured. In Luke six. Jesus points out that good trees do not produce bad fruit Uh, in verses 43 and 44. The fruit produced by a tree or plant comes from its inner parts. Likewise, good people produce good works because of the content of their hearts, whereas evil people produce evil acts due to the contents of their hearts. Jesus says, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Now that's a one thing that that Christians are quite aware of, is that our hearts need to be changed. Uh, I'll have a little more about that in a minute. In Proverbs 4, verses 20 and 24, the author reminds the reader of God's words to keep them, God's words, within their heart, for it is uh, his words that bring life and healing to people, verse 21 and 22. And Christians are advised to keep their heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. When an individual is called and accepts salvation, the Holy Spirit is given as a guarantee and an installment for the redemption to come. Part of the work of the Spirit is to form us in Christ, Galatians 4:19. And to meet and to be, we are to be transformed into the same image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another, in 2 Corinthians 3:18. Christians take off the old self. Doing what gratifies the desires of the flesh, things such as fornification, imp- imp- impurity, idolatry, sorcery, strife, anger, jealousy, all of those things that Galatians five, eighteen to twenty one talks about upon the old self, um, these things we put off. Uh, instead we put on the new self, Colossians three, nine to eleven. As believers in Christ, under the new covenant, we have been given a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone, and with that we are cleansed from our sins. Uh, This new self is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. Um, Paul writes in Colossians 3 3.10. We are encouraged to close ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bear one another, forgive one another, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Imagine our hearts with all of those things. We can aspire to that by asking the Holy Spirit to fill us with those, those gifts. And when our hearts are filled with these attitudes and aspirations, good behaviors will flow out of that. Now we grow spiritually or more Christ-like when we integrate Jesus' teachings into every part of our psychological awareness. Our thoughts, for example, ideas of how to treat people. The scriptures are full of ways and ethical ways in which we are to treat other people. Uh, it's full of all kinds of examples of character traits that we need to reflect that help to reflect the person of Christ. Uh, and believing and acting in accord with the teachings of the New Testament, particularly. Our values, uh, justice, honesty, sexual purity, freedom, uh, those are all desires that that God wants for us. Personality, control, self-control of temper, patience, kindness towards others, uh, ways to express ourselves appropriately to others in certain contexts. In fact, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, peace, patience and kindness and so forth. From Galatians, we are to put on these, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And our needs that I've just talked about, how to meet our own needs in appropriate ways and how to meet the others. By integrating biblical teaching with these particular parts of our personality, uh, we can fill our heart with good things and hence we. Now, if you have these qualities in your heart, you're able to minister to individuals indeed, such that they are reminded of God's care and love for them because it reflects, they reflect God's love in us. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells his readers to seek the greatest gift of all, that of agape love. Agape is the center of it all. Romans 5 says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This love is patient, kind, not envious or boastful not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, in fact love never ends. When pastoral care is motivated with this kind of love, it's a powerful program. When love is the source of the services provided for those in need, it heals all things. This love comes from the Holy Spirit who works within us. We need to discern his presence always so that we can walk in the Spirit and by walking in the Spirit we will grow in the strength provided by that Spirit. And our hearts will be filled with the goodness of God. I want to bring this bit to a close Uh, and I want to do this by reviewing a narrative told by Jesus in Matthew 25. You may know this is the judgment narrative. Jesus implicates how we can meet the needs of others by caring for them. This scene, um, you have the nations divided into those who are blessed by the the Father. And Jesus says to the first group, um, come you who are blessed by my Father inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Then he continues, for I was hungry and you gave me food. What he's really saying there is that that you need. Met their biological needs by providing for food for hungry people. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Another biological need met, because we need water. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. You met love and belonging needs, and security needs, and self-esteem to feel that you're important. About somebody who would welcome you. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. Biological needs, security needs, and esteem needs. Somebody gave you something who cared enough. I was sick and you cared for me. Biological needs and security needs, love and belonging as well. I was in prison and you visited me. Again, love and belonging and self-esteem needs. What Jesus is talking about here are these deficiency growth needs that I talked about earlier, the first four of these eight needs that we have, that we live by, that motivate us. Jesus says, the righteous answered by repeating these phrases in, in question form. But Lord, when did we see you hungry and gave you food and so forth? Jesus says, I truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. We as Christians, body of Christ, need to look after other members of that. We all have different gifts and different talents and have different stations in life and we need to willing to share what we have with others. Individuals involved in the pastoral care, pro- care program become the hands and feet of Christ to those in need. And we can say the righteous were obeying the second great commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 30 and 31. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I think maybe uh-huh. I have a time, but uh, I do appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Thank you. Uh, John. It's, it's always a blessing to have you on. Uh, uh, that's that's a very insightful and very deep. And I believe uh, myself, my listeners are going to be blessed uh, by this message, especially the people who are working in the church, pastors. Sure. Okay. And I know this is also for those who are just uh, who are not serving in any position. I mean, this is a great blessing. Thank you, John. Uh, now, before you go, I'd like you to just pray for our listeners we have people listening in vietnam um ireland as we spoke about it last time all over the, um, the world That a prayer for them in this time that we find ourselves in uh, needs will be met um in any any level wherever they are that the needs to be
1: It, but uh, Father, for other needs that people may have, uh, cognitive needs, they may need to learn more. that we haven't yet met uh, around the world uh, as we think about uh, being members of the body of Christ. I thank you for Christian and for his willingness to put these podcasts out, Father, uh, to help grow the kingdom, and I thank you for this opportunity to share some understanding that you've given to me, and pray that this will be a blessing for people involved in the church and for Christians as well who might want to become in, in a care ministry Amen. So, Lord, I just pray that your fruit, your word would bear fruit in people's lives, and may they follow James's, uh, in James 4, 7, to draw near to God, and he will draw near to them. Amen. We know that presence, Father, that healing presence, and that presence
0: that provides security and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Wow. Uh, thank you so much, John. Uh, for your time and for the word, it's a really great blessing, and we look forward to having you more. <laughs> oh well. I yes. Here
1: for months, and I might be able to produce something. So. Ah. So, uh, uh, oh yeah. We we'll wait. We we'll wait. More I could go into. In we'll we'll wait. Share, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. We we'll wait
0: out. Right. We we'll talk in the background and whatever, mm-hmm. and whenever you're ready, we are ready. So. <laughs> It's a oh, blessing, okay. but thank you. Yeah, really, I'm really you. grateful. Oh, thank okay. you. Bye, All right, John. Man. Bye, John. Yeah. All right, friends. This is where time will allow us to bring today's session to an end. Um, we don't want to close without giving you the opportunity to. ask.